Very good. You? Yeah, good, thank you. How much are you looking forward to Hibs tomorrow? It's just the 10 goals that you've scored against them over the last two games. The, sorry, the last part I, over the what? So, over the last two games against Hibs, you've scored 10 goals. So, how much are you looking forward oh. to tomorrow? Well, we look forward to this game like we look forward to the other games. So, this will be another one for us to go on, compete and... Uh, be be the best version that we can be. So yeah, definitely happy to go to go on again and compete. As it gets closer to the end of the season and, and the title as well, is it hard not to look too far ahead, particularly when you've got a Scottish Cup semi final and that that title coming as well? No, we we don't think like that. It's it's mainly focus on the next game, and the next game will be against Hibs. Of course, we know what our goals and what our objectives are for this season, but uh, we're not there yet, so we still need to keep on winning games and keep on developing, so that's what we want to do. Ronnie, please. Hi, Jota. I just want Hello. to up to an international break at that time for some of the players to go get some rest and whatnot. How do you view this international break coming up? Is it a chance to maybe pause and reflect and, and reset and go again? Well, I look for this international break as an opportunity to develop skills and um, and things that we don't have the time during the season. So it's always important to have a couple of days of training with um, with the guys that stay here and don't go to to the national teams because it's another opportunity to develop and to just be better. So we can uh, be better than once the competition is on. So yeah, it's every moment is important and this one is no different. You mentioned that you're come, we are all coming up to a really important part of the season where our cups and, and leagues are handed out. Do you think this break may help Celtic in that you are able to work on things, you, you could become even better and continue to, you know, to improve going into the, the run-in as we call it? You're, you're speaking about this international break? Yeah. Yeah, as I said before, uh, this is a very important moment for the ones who stay in here and uh, keep on developing. Of course, I'm not going to lie to you, it's not the same because most of the lads are going to, to be on international duties. And when we are all together as a team, we develop things like as a group. And uh, that's, of course, the most important thing. But uh, we have to work with what we have. And uh, the ones who are here are going to give the best so we can be better. Thank you. Brian? Yeah. Hi, Jota. Um, Hello. Can I ask you, you mentioned about the, the goals and ambitions for this season. I'm not Brian. sure if that's working. Sorry, Brian, um, you are dipping in and out. You're, um, you're breaking up. I'm going to come back to you. Okay. Gavin, please. Oof. Hi Jota, a uh, bit of a different question for me, I don't know if you've seen um, obviously your song uh, from the Celtic fans was taken on, it was on the, performed by Ellie Dixon on the radio the other week, have you, have you kind of heard it and saw it, what do you, what do you make of that? The, yeah, the yeah I, I've listened to that and shout out to the people who did that, it was, it was really talented what they've done and uh, yeah I'm just grateful to, to hear that and uh, I just thought that people can have like a good time hearing that, yeah. Is it, is it, what does it mean to you when you hear the song in the terrace, when, from the stands as well, the, the, the Celtic fans singing it? I think 
a lot of the players will get their kind of own songs. Does it help you yep. give you an extra kind of boost when you hear it? Well, um, I think that says a lot about what Celtic is and once uh, you get that feeling, everything just uh, feels amazing and there's like a sparkling on everyone, you know. So, yeah, I'm just happy that that happened and uh, in the end, if the fans can be uh, in our backs just helping us and trying to achieve the goal, I think uh, um, everything will be better, yeah. Gabriel? Just on that, when you hear fans singing your name around the stadium, does it just show you, uh, you know, how much you've settled here, how at home you are here at Celtic, and you know, you're one of the fan favourites as well. How does that make you feel? That makes me feel really happy. Um, as far as I'm concerned, my job is to deliver on the pitch, and that's what I look for and aim for every day. So I'll just try to give my best every training and every game so so I can perform well and help the team achieving our goals. And uh, if we can deliver a good show to the to the fans, it's also really important because we want to practice good football. And uh, I think we have we have been doing that, yeah. Just wanted to ask you, obviously, it's the, the international break coming up as well. How much of a dream is it for you to, to play for the national team, the first team, and how far away do you think you are from reaching that? Obviously, your form at Celtic has been excellent in the 18 months you've been here. Well, it's it's obviously a, a dream of mine to, to be part of the Portugal squad, but uh, I also understand that the quality of the Portuguese team is, is tremendous. And uh, that just gives me a lot of joy, to be honest, because I'm, I'm fortunate to be part of a country who produces amazing talents every, every year, and uh, to see very close friends of mine to break through and just deliver results in World Cups, Euros, it's, it's already an achievement for me because I know that I was part of it as well. So then once it comes to my time or doesn't come to my time, I'll be just um, fine and in peace with that because I work every day, I, want, I know what my, my goals are and if that happens, I'll be, I'll be happy if that doesn't. Um, I won't be not sleeping for that, you know. So, yeah, if if the time is going to happen, I'll just be ready for that. Cheryl, please. So, John, it's Katie today. Oh. Hi, Jota. Uh, Hello. You know, like, just with the coming weeks, uh, Jota, you've got 10 games left of the league, a semi-final, a potential final coming up as well. How challenging do you expect this time to be? Well, as challenging as the the league has been and the Champions League and all of the other competitions that we we were so um, every game is a different game. Exciting times ahead for sure because like this is the last run of the season. But uh, as I said before, I think we just need to focus on next game and the next game and the next game. So yeah, just happy to be in good positions um, and uh, we go again. Well, I've been in football long enough to, to understand that every game is different, so I don't know if it's going to happen the same uh, thing as the other ones. We don't think like that, like uh, teams have different approaches every game and um, we don't adapt with the others. I think uh, we just stick with our principles and with our philosophy of the game. So that's what we're going to do and uh, I hope we can deliver the result in the end. Thank you. Cheers. Celtic Exchange.
Hi Jota. Um, Hello. What you've been here now around about a year and a half. Um, the performance levels since September have been really, really high. Only lost one game domestically since the game against the Men. Have you noticed yourself that the team are playing any differently in terms of playing style? Um, from even even not even before we lost that game against the Men, but have you seen that the managers completely evolved how the team played? Uh, no, uh, I don't think so. I think um, all of the team directions were there, our philosophy were there before, but uh, there's something that people need to realize, which is as far as we go on the season and the more we know our teammates and what they do, then we just get to know ourselves in a different perspective. So um, it's normal and I think it's part of the process that in this stage of this year and a half that we have been working under the, the orders of Ainge, that we start to understand how the model works. And um, like, there's no shock on us to understand that this is the point that we have been playing the best football because it's been a year and a half working uh, under these circumstances. So I think uh, nowadays we just know each other. We know exactly what to do in the pitch and the right timings to make the right decisions. So yeah, that's, that's my point of view. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the strength of, of us as well. We always try to to give the best of ourselves to welcome the, the new guys into the club because the same way others did welcome us in a very good way, we want to welcome the other ones the same way. And uh, I think with those guys was no different. Everyone is settled now and I think they have already understood the dynamic of the group. And uh, yeah, it's just to facilitate everything uh, around their lives because it's... It's a new life for everyone. I was in the same position as them before. And uh, as long as you feel comfortable and then you just need to deliver um, results, I think it's the best for everyone because everyone will win with that situation. Thank you. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Good to see you again. Yeah, cheers. Um, I was just wondering, just going back to something you've said before and something we hear quite a lot is that the team is all on the same page you're concentrating on the next game every time and as a human I know you guys listen to that a lot don't you yeah well that's, <laughs> well, that's a true to be honest <laughs> but like can you give an insight into how you maintain that kind of focus because you know it must be natural to look always look forward mm, good question um, I would say that um, it's just the way we work every day because we can see these um, little details every day that we can get better and we know that we won't achieve bigger things if we don't achieve these little details first, you know. So there's no point on us looking forward because it's not going to come if we don't first establish ourselves and just develop these little things as a team and as individuals. So I think uh, we were taught very well from the staff because since day one, they always said to us like, guys, 
This is a process. We will need time for this, but once everything is settled, then we will just fly. And I think we are in a very good moment right now. Yeah. Yeah, you have footballing mindfulness. That's, uh, it was this a question? Sorry. No, it's like mindfulness, like staying in the present. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the the guy of Chicago Bulls with the Jordan docu documentary. Uh, he did something like that, I think. But no, it's it's not the same thing. No, this this is this is another approach. Yeah. Another approach. Yeah. And just to talking about being on the field, um, we've noticed because you have there's so much talent uh, on the wings, and sometimes you'll be swapping uh, left and right mid game. Is that something that you predetermine, or do you have an almost telepathic understanding of when to do it on the pitch? No, that, that just comes naturally because sometimes um, a winger does a movement and ends up on the right side or is pressing on one side and then we just need to swap sides because it's about the dynamic, you know, we need to fulfill the spaces because there's, there's an old dynamic behind and uh, if there's one spot missing, that means that the whole team is not going to work well, you know, so this is a thoughtful game. And uh, yeah, we just need to adapt once that happens. So it's it's natural. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, looking forward to tomorrow. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Okay, Brian, we're going to try again. See if your signal's yeah. any better. Hopefully, I've got to switch my Wi-Fi, so hopefully we've got a stronger signal. Yeah. Um, we've had the, the draws today for the Champions League, uh, Europa League, and Conference League semi-finals. Yeah. When when you joined the club, what is it? Is it you? Was it one of your ambitions to try and take Celtic this deep into European competitions? And, and can this team evolve that they are in this situation, possibly in a year or two's time? Well, first of all, when I came to Celtic, my only aim was just to, to play, to be happy and to enjoy. You know, so uh, I know these, these club aims for big things. But um, as an individual and a football player, don't come to a place with those things in mind. You first want just to adapt, to feel uh, comfortable inside the team, to understand the philosophy. And after that, you just go after them. So, yeah, now that I've understand the dynamic of the club, we, of course, have, have some good goals and nice objectives. But again, that's not something that we need to look for now because that's not happening now. So... When when the right time comes, we will just think on that. But uh, for now, it's Hibernian tomorrow. It is, yeah. And you talk about the philosophy. Do, do you feel when you're playing, coming up against uh, domestic opponents, that as well as being a, you know, above them in terms of ability, also in a mental capacity, because there is this desire to win, this never stop scenario that, 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 that's been installed in the team since Ange's come to the club. So you're asking if we have the motivation for the domestic uh, uh, game? Motivation, but also a mental um, belief that you can always beat your opponents domestically. Well, of course we need, otherwise why would we be in here? We are very competitive, we are here to win and to, to develop, so I think there's no one in the world playing to lose or to draw, so that's not even fun, you know? Even in trainings, like, we always want to win every little exercise. So I think that that says a lot of us. And um, these games, domestic games, are no different. You you just need to, to, to find the spark in the game and your motivation so you can go again, again and again. 
and um, there's always some new things to learn out there and we know that um, once we learn those things and if we can be like more complete then we we are going to be ready for like the big stage and other competitions so yeah we cannot take it from for for granted yeah Yes, um, yeah, I think I've said a few times it's a really important part of our um, you know, football club in general. We have a history of developing our own players. We've currently got uh, at least three or four in the first team squad who have been developed uh, within our own sort of um, infrastructure and uh, including our captain and it's something that's, like I said, very important and uh, um, you know, we put a great deal of emphasis on and we'll continue to do so. Yeah, to be fair, I think probably David's got a lot more time during the week to be considering these things, mate. It's not, um, it's not something that you know a subject that I'm going to be spending too much time thinking about at this present time. I think if there's a broader discussion at, at the appropriate time, yes. But um, we had a three-game week last week. We've got a, another game tomorrow, and uh, beyond that, um, I haven't had a lot of time to think of other things. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, bud. Uh, Alison. Hi, Ange. Obviously, you're heading into the international break, so just want to speak about some players. Obviously, Greg Taylor isn't going away with the Scotland squad. What's the update with him? Yeah, look, um, like all the international players, uh, you know, we uh, we provide all the, the relevant information to the national teams, and it's up to them then to decide whether they call the players up or not. But uh, yeah, from our perspective, Greg's uh, available and uh, will play tomorrow. And uh, it's the same with uh, with Cameron. But as I said, it's it's the same with all these international players. Before they go, we give the relevant information, and then it's up to the, the national team, you know, um, their medical team, and obviously the, the manager to then decide whether. You know, they call them up, or they, you know, they decide that you know, leave them this time for for rehab purposes. I know Rio Hitate and Kibo haven't been called up to the Japan squad. How surprised are you by that, given their current form? I know the Japan coaches spoken about. He looks at the level that they're playing at as well. Do you think that's a bit disrespectful as well? No, I mean, look, you know, in terms of you know, uh, obviously. Uh, you know, both boys are, are, are playing really, really well, playing some good football, and um, you know it's disappointing for them they haven't been selected. But again, that's the nature of uh, international football. It comes down to uh, you know the national team managers' uh, decisions and you know whatever decisions they make in terms of disrespectful. Uh, uh, it's one person's opinion. I know I'm not really sure that we should make too many far-reaching conclusions. Um, if you come here next week, you'll probably find that we don't have many players training. Um, the reason for that is they're away at international football. We had five players at the World Cup who, who did okay. 
probably better than okay. Um, you know, we have players, we've had um, Josip Juranovic and uh, Moritz Jens leave our football club and are playing regularly in the Bundesliga, which is a top five league. Now, unless, you know, once they enter those clubs, they magically become better footballers, I suggest that, um, you know, I don't think the selection of, of individual players comes down to the level of the league. Um, there's been plenty of um, you know, players who've left us or left this league and gone to the biggest leagues in the world and have performed very well. Um, plenty of footballers in the Scottish Premiership who have done extremely well at international level. And plenty of players who've come from top five leagues who have struggled in the Premiership. So, you know, one man's opinion doesn't mean that you know, you should, like I said, it uh, uh, doesn't mean it's wrong, but it doesn't mean that that's the case either. Thanks, Alison. Uh, Ronnie Charters. Hi, I was just on that. I mean, does it make you wonder what more the guys, and you know, Kyogo in particular, how, how well he's playing, does it make you wonder what more they kind of have to do almost to break into that squad? I don't give it too much thought, mate. Again, my role is I'm their club coach, I'm not their national team manager. and. You know, from my perspective, I just try and help them be the best they can be and, and sort of, you know, make sure that they're in a you know, good space in terms of dealing with whatever challenges they have in their football careers. Now, you know, <clears throat> I don't think there'd be any, you know, there wouldn't be many greater disappointments in missing selection for a World Cup. And if you look at the way the two lads have responded to that, you know, they're playing football better than ever. So, you know, they're, they're both, you know, really determined um, young men and, and they're going to get to the top of the game one way or another and whatever challenges they have in front of them I'm sure they'll overcome them and my role within that is to try and um, you know help them do that. You, you mentioned international break there obviously apart from crossing defenders the, the guys who are away come back you know fit and healthy and ready to go for the run-in how beneficial can this be for you and for the guys that are here that there is this mini break almost? Oh, look, I don't know. It depends. Look, with all these things, you just don't know. We're in good form. We're we're, we're playing some great football. Um, we're scoring goals. We're we're ticking some some pretty big boxes the way we're going. So you know, um, you don't know how the break will go. So, like I said, we've got a few, quite a few away with international duty. Others who who we can put some work into, which is good. Others, you know, can do a little bit of a freshening up. And like always, we'll use this you know this time. Um, to prepare the team for what's left of this season, make sure that we, you know, whether they're international duty or they're here, <coughs> that when they get back here, we finish the season really strong. You know, we use the World Cup break, I think, really well, and that's evidenced in the fact that you know our form and performances since then. And the idea is to use this break to hopefully, um, you know, finish the season really strong. Uh, Gabriel. Uh, squad looking for tomorrow's game. Any fresh injury concerns? Um, yeah, there's a couple uh, who will miss out tomorrow. Probably uh, Aaron Moy will miss out. He's he's been a bit sore the last couple of weeks, and um, you know um, probably this weekend uh, he won't be able to get up for. And uh, and Tomoki Wata got a bit of a back strain at training yesterday and um, couldn't train today. So again. You know, had a push, both could have played, but with a two-week break, we, we decided to to sort of leave them out tomorrow. But um, Dozen's mad is back, he's fine, and um, Carl Starfeld, who went off at half-time, is fine as well. Ten goals in your last two games against Hibernian. It seemed like a team you and your players like playing against. What do you expect from them tomorrow? 
we we enjoy playing every team, mate. We enjoy playing every game. There's no teams we like playing, or there's certainly any teams we don't like playing. Every game is an opportunity for us to play our football and 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 make sure that you know we we maintain the standards and performances and improve on them. So it's another challenge for us against uh, you know Hibs tomorrow. They've, they've been a good run of form. You know, obviously the last game didn't go well for them, but prior to that they, they've been seven unbeaten. And um, you know I think. You know, they brought in some some good young talent during the the, the January window, and uh, be a good challenge for us. But you know, we 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 treat every opponent um, with the same respect, and uh, you know, we go into every game looking to to play our football. Uh, Gavin, it's just on on Adam Lyles. I think he was named in the Australia squad. Is he going to go away, or is he going to stay behind for? Uh, again, that'll be up to, to the national team. Um, you know, we, we during international windows, FIFA international windows. We even if a player's injured, the, the national team's got the right to call them up and assess them themselves. So we we kind of we just provide the information and leave the decision up to the national teams. And, and you mentioned obviously Greg and Cameron the information that you give to to their coaches. Are you hopeful that you know there's a, a good chance for them maybe to 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 get over any kind of issues they've got and obviously got a huge kind of run of games coming up after the, the break as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't read too much into it, but, you know, they'll play tomorrow, so that kind of gives you an idea of where they're at. Um, you know, so, you know, we've, our medical team, you know, are, are on top of all the players. I mean, look, all players have some issues here and there at different times and we manage them the best way we can. If we need to give them a break, we give them a break. But um, like I said both will play tomorrow and then... After that, we'll assess what kind of program we give them for the next two weeks. Thank you. Thanks, Gavin. Uh, Kerry? Hi, Kerry. Hi, and Hi. just on the subject of the guys going on the international break, can that be a bit of a double-edged sword for yourself? Yeah, they're very good in the league duties, but you lose quite a few of them when it comes to the international games coming up. Uh, look... <sighs> Not really. For the most part, you know, like I've always said, I mean, I think I see it as a positive. I mean, you just have to look at, like I said, the World Cup. We had Aaron Moy, Daisy Maeda, Alistair Johnson, um, Cameron, obviously, and, and Yossip, who's gone. But the, the four who are still here, I think their form since the World Cup's been outstanding. And I think it's because they went to the World Cup and, and did well and, and sort of came back here with a renewed sense of you know, who they are and their beliefs. So I think national team football, international football helps that for sure. And, uh, you know, unless, knock on wood, unless there's an injury, which obviously can happen at any time, um, you know, I'm really, I'm always encouraged when they go away because I think they come back with even more belief in themselves. Just on Kyogo and Tatati obviously not getting called up, can you use that as a positive though for Celtic? You're not running the risk of them going away and possibly getting injured. They're going to be here fairly fit for yourself. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, look, I don't think about it that way because I know, you know, things can happen here at training. I mean, that's that's not how it works, you know. You, you don't, it's not like they'll be here and we're going to put them in cotton wool and they're not going to do anything. They're still going to be training with us. And um, again, I, I'd, I'd much rather they were in the national team, to be honest. I think the way they're playing, both of them, um, I think if they were away with the Japan national team, I think they'd, they'd show what good form they're in and, and they'd get a great deal out of that. But as I said, they've dealt with that disappointment before and not let that affect them. So they're here with us now and we'll use that time as best we can to, to make sure that they're ready to go once the league starts. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Joel. Hey, Joel. Hello, Joel. Hi,
Good night. Um, spoke to Jota just uh, beforehand, um, and I was asking about if he thinks that the team's playing style has evolved at all since he's joined the club. And you guys, do you see the team style have evolved at all? Do you think there's been a sort of change in how we've played, and that's been a contribu- contributing factor in how our performance levels have stayed as high? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, we we as a coaching group with with the boys in the analysis department are constantly commenting on the fact that you know we'll cut, we'll sometimes look at clips of even of us earlier in the year and we'll see how much our game has evolved. Now, you know, maybe to to the naked eye in terms of the overall, it doesn't look that different. But you know, within the context of the way, there's some subtleties there. Some of our movements, some of our positional play, some of our you know, um, the areas that we, we kind of dominate have, have evolved because I think you have to because, you know, teams try and work out ways, obviously, with us to stop us. And, you know, we, we need to be constantly thinking about what the next layer in our football is to, to overcome whatever the opposition may do. And uh, as I said, that we, we've seen, and, and, you know, like I said, with the footage we have, you know, there's real evidence that our game has evolved and it has to and it and it needs to keep evolving and so that we can keep improving, you know, not just our overall team play, but also the individual players within that. And, Wolf, you talk a lot about, I've been in your press conferences before, and you talk a lot about players learning how to play in your team and it's, you know, your methods are very, it appears that they're very different to maybe other coaches. Look at last season where, this was your first season in Scotland last season. Is there anything you've learned going into the business end of last season that you can take into sort of going into the business end this season? No, not really. I mean, I think from my perspective, everywhere I've gone in terms of building teams, um, the process is is fairly similar, irrespective of the league. Is the first year is always building, you know, a foundation of some really strong core principles around our football, our environment, our culture, our people, all these kind of things. And you use that first year, you know, to to try and as much as possible, um, you know, create a framework that then allows you in year two and year three and beyond to to then improve and 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 evolve as a team. So. You know, nothing really changed me coming here. Um, you know, probably last year there was there was obviously more urgency around the fact that we needed to be successful. It couldn't just be a building year, and I was conscious of that when I took the role. So, you know, there was a few things we kind of I tried to fast track, and and we were able to because you know the players we brought in. Um, you know, really hit the ground running, which allowed us to to not just like I said build some strong foundations, but also have success. But you know, the, the process has been the same wherever I've been. And I think if you look at kind of my history at, at club football level, even at international, you know, the first year has been really about, is really about building some strong foundations. And then beyond that, it's just about, you know, keeping the team play evolving to, to levels where they can continue to have success. Thanks, Thanks uh, Colin. Hi, Andrew, how are you doing? Good, mate. Good. Um, just... What to just talk about um, when we're talking about Celtic's style of football under you, it's normally about attacking wise, how we press to win the ball back right away after we lose possession. In the last couple of games with Hearts, we've seen uh, more playing out from the back, especially from goal kicks, um, and a lot more than perhaps any other team in the league. How do you approach 
setting up the organised defence for this, especially since it doesn't happen very often in Scotland, and is it a part of the coaching you find interesting? Yeah, look, I think um, what we try and do is um, kind of when we have, and it's fair to say sort of the last four or five weeks, apart from last week when we had the midweek game, we've had some good blocks, week blocks of training where we could sort of, you know, go through our methodology and, and see how it would work against different types of opposition so that we're not just preparing for for the next game, but also, you know, trying to prepare the team for different scenarios. and. You know, we've worked a hell of a lot over the last sort of probably since the World Cup break on, you know, you know, pressing oppositions who play out from the back and, and also us playing out from the back under pressure, even though it doesn't happen in the league. We still, you know, we still work hard in those areas of training just to to keep giving players the tools to that if, if that's required. Um, because even within the context of, you know, not all games, but some games that we're playing at the moment, you know, teams may change during the course of a game because, you know, to give you an example, obviously Hearts went down, you know, 2-0 or 3-0. They changed their formation. They went to a back four. They got a bit more aggressive. So we're prepared for that. You know, it's not just about saying, well, this is how they play and this is what we're going to do. It's about trying to create as many scenarios of training that the players will will see the cues when they're out there and say, OK, we, we've already sort of addressed this, even though it wasn't specific to this team and we know how to counteract it. So there's there's a constant, you know, working of, of the team sort of style against all kinds of different, you know, opposition setups. So that, you know, as I said, training for us is about trying to give the tools to the players that on game day during the game they can have answers for rather than sort of, you know, looking looking to us when the game's on to see what to do. And just to <coughs> on from that, if you're coaching these hypotheticals, um, does that involve a lot more video analysis or a more theoretical approach, maybe John Kennedy a bit more involved rather than the practical side of things? No, it's probably the other way around because we don't have a lot of um, sort of video evidence from our games anyway, you know. I know John and the other coaches, you know, do reference other teams that sort of would play in a similar style and try and, you know, um, marry that up to what we're doing. But most of ours is practical, you know. The, the beauty of our team at the moment is we've got, you know, 25, 26, you know, good quality players. So our training's really competitive. So if we set up a team to play out from the back here, um, they're pretty good at it because they can all play and the team that has to stop them has to be pretty good at stopping them uh, and vice versa because that's... Like I keep saying, the level of our training is what drives performance. And, and so we can set up, you know, and, and and John, to be fair, John drives most of that. John Kennedy drives most of that in terms of the, the planning of the sessions and the way it goes. And, um, you know, a lot of our development comes from the practical rather than the sort of, like I said, the, the analysis and video stuff because the stuff we review from, from our sort of, particularly our domestic games, um, sometimes there isn't a lot in there to, to take away for some of the principles we want to try and improve.